This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of the Bandwagon Podcast. And today um, I've got a very special guest um, and somebody who's come into prominent light, I would say, probably over the last 18 months to two years. Um, uh, he, he's a, a, I'll go from his previous guys in terms of a, a uh, health doctor and, and somehow finding him in, finding himself in a uh, humanitarian crisis um, in the middle of a political kind of debate. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, I won't spoil it at this point. We'll get into it a little bit more, but I'd like to welcome Dr. Swyman to the, to the bandwagon podcast. Thanks for having me. Appreciate your time. Yeah. Th- thank Thank you for, um, you know, sparing that. I know you're uh, extremely busy, um, at the moment. Um, but I always, I always wanted to, you know, when you came into light on, to, on social media and uh, the first time I, I saw you, I'll never forget. I was like, wow, this guy knows what he's, you know, from a healthcare point of view, like my background is like a bit of public health as well. So but some of the things that you were saying was like really hitting, um, you know, a lot of these key issues. But I want to I want to work my way up to, the, up to those points. But I just want to know in terms of from your background, you left India at a very young age and went into to live into America. Um, how difficult was that for you, especially trying to settle in a new life over there? Uh I mean, you know, I never, I didn't know how long it was going to be. So I left for five days. So that was the plan, right? Uh, when I came for the protest, uh, then it turned out to be a month. And then, you know, basically it was that, you know, we started imagining that we were going to be here till 2024. Uh, so it was, there was never a time we were like, oh, you know, this might be over tomorrow or, you know, this protest might be over the next month or this protest might go on to. to that. So all that thought always kept in your mind. So you never knew how long really you were going to be here for. Uh, so I didn't have a mindset. Uh, it was extremely hard because, you know, uh, not not that you were you were in India, but you were in a slum. If you were to consider our protest site, it was, you know, literally a slum. Um, you know, we lacked water, we lacked uh, basic necessities. Uh, I suffered through a skin condition that lasted for about five months. I had a uh, fungal infection uh, literally all over my body uh, that I, you know, fought through. Um, so it was, you know, there was a lot of, uh, it was, it was hard. It was, but what, what gave me power was if it was hard for me, it was 10 times harder for the other people because at least I had money. You know, I had I had the power to go out and buy something, right? But there were so many people 
uh, who didn't have that power, that they didn't have the resources to go out and buy some of the stuff that I was able to. I mean, for me, it was even hard. I mean, I'm not going to say it was easy, but but for them. So looking at other people sometimes gave me power that I was okay. Uh, so, I, you know, I, it also what I got out of uh, that, you know, 12 plus month stint was to realize how lucky we are to have everything to be able to come back to our family at night, um, you know, to be able to drink that coffee in the morning on our way to work and to be able to go to the gym after work or just be able to go to work, um, you know, or having that thing like, hey, there's going to be a Sunday, you know, all those things that we kind of took, you know, I took granted for, you know, I took, took for granted uh, that I realized that were special. So it was hard, but it was also memorable. You know, I met, I made a lot of family. I made a lot of friends. I, you know, life changed. Everything about my life turned, you know, basically turned upside down. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you, you kind of slightly jumped a little bit forward, but you, you moved to, to America when you were 10. Is that right? Yes, I moved yeah. to America. Yeah. So, oh, so, how hard was it yeah, in America? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> you should have stopped me. <laughs> no, it's okay. We'll catch it. In a podcast, oh, it's all right. It's free-flowing. Don't worry. So, man, it was extremely hard. I came from a joint family. I don't know, you know, I don't know your viewers if they understand, but basically all my uncles and aunts, and we all lived in, we had two houses. We had a city house, and we had a village house, and we had servants, and, you know, we had... Literally anything really wanted. Uh, we had, you know, we, we, we lived a good life, played cricket, played hockey with my, you know, my cousins. And so we had a really good life. And I don't know what got into my dad's ha uh, head, I guess, uh, brain. Uh, but it was basically that, um, uh, you know, life, uh, the education system in Punjab was on the downtrend. Uh, you know, uh, everything that was going on in Punjab, a lot of families in Punjab moved out of Punjab at that time because of the, the way things were working. You couldn't trust the government. You don't know. You basically didn't know what to do. And I think out of just pure anger and pure whatever resentment, people left India. And then our family was part of that, you know. So my dad left India because of for a better future for, for us, for education-wise. Basically was for education uh, and, and a better future. And, you know, uh, it was extremely hard because it was – to go from a family where you were, you had servants and my dad didn't sell any land. So his goal, he's very like principled oriented uh, that, you know, we're going to go and we're going to make a living. And I'm like, you know, you basically imagine going to a new country and you have no money. Hmm. So it was, it was one of those things uh, where I worked, you know, when I was 10, my second day, I started working with my dad at a gas station, pumping gas. And like, you know, the, the gas tank was, was at a higher location than I, my height. So that's how life started in America, uh, language barrier, same thing, you know, every immigrant, same way, nothing special. We all work hard. We all worked hard, but thank God, you know, my dad believed in education. He, he, my mom, she was a double MA in India. She did another master's degree in America at age of 50, going from Jersey to New York every day, like a hectic, hectic schedule. But she became a librarian there. And then that kind of opened the door for education again. Uh, in our family, we hold the education kind of very high. So, um, you know, going, uh, I became a tutor in, you know, in college. I, I was a tutor for English. I was a tutor for biology and psychology at my college. I taught uh, and I did well in my medical school I was top one so I did well when I when I came you know because well because I'm I, I think whatever I do try to take a challenge I try to do my best uh, 
whatever, whatever, whatever that means. But so life was hard, but I think, you know, uh, I, I, I did some sports. I did wrestling and, you know, I, um, for whatever reason, it, it was okay. It, yeah. it was okay. And it worked out and I became a doctor and uh, Punjab was always in my heart and I always wanted to give back. And I made a promise to myself when I got into cardiology that I would give my one year of full pay, my first year of full pay as a cardiologist to my village. And I never knew what that meant. And basically, uh, it was in my third year of cardio, last year of cardiology fellowship. I got into my interventional fellowship and I left that uh, during the protest. And I didn't know that one year God was going to take it by himself. And I, I didn't have to do anything. So not just my money actually took me to India. And I basically spent uh, one plus years in the protest. Your adaptive skills are clearly evident and, and shown um you know, in that lifestyle and, and it, you know, your family have demonstrated that in, in what you've just said. In terms of those, some of those key skills, when you came back over, you had your calling to come over because of, it was a family health scare that brought you over to the, to, to, to the protest. How quickly did you start realising that your skills were actually going to be from, uh, from actually from studying to actual practical use very, very quickly? You know, if if I would have seen this before, like if I had seen this coming, I would have, uh, the way I went to school, the way I studied would have been totally different. Now, when I talk to medical students, the, you know, I would tell them like, you know, be ready for the field. You never know what life's going to throw at you. I was always ready for like, you know, that perfect hospital, having everything done already. And, you know, being able to kind of have that, uh, you know, room, uh, which is uh, fully, fully sterile. Uh, and it was nothing like that. You know, you're basically in an open field in the middle of COVID, uh, you know, uh, hygiene crisis, uh, people having diarrhea, vomiting because of, you know, sanitization issues. Uh, again, malaria, dengue, COVID, uh, you know, put all those together in India. Imagine like, you know, we go to Punjab or India and we all, we're already scared that we're going to have a hygiene crisis. Now imagine going to a slum, uh, slum. And in the slum, you have literally almost hundreds of thousands of people. That's how it started. And, you know, lack of water, lack of milk, lack of food, lack of supplies, daily, you know, people not being able to take a shower or not able to take, take a bath, uh, not being able to go to the bathroom properly. I was, you know, it was challenging. It was a mess, but somehow God, always gave us whatever we needed at the right time and we all made it through uh, except 700 plus who basically passed away um it was a challenge it was hard it, you know it was a lesson of a lifetime uh, it's probably something i would never want to do again so um for, the, for some people who are listening in or watching um, th this podcast what was your understanding of what was happening from the protest point of view at that point because obviously yeah, things were happening at a very quick pace. What was your understanding of it before going from America over to, to Punjab? So I did my homework, you know, I, it was, so this protest was very different. It started in Punjab where there was a lot of people, you know, trying to guide people and tell people what was, what was happening. And it kind of took a year to that. Like when I would come from, come home from work, I would actually put it on YouTube and I would listen to some of the things that were going on in Punjab every day. And, I, and it became almost like a headache where I would go to work and I would just like get mad at myself for not being able to go to India and not being able to help. Like I knew 
it was COVID. I knew I was a doctor. I knew that there could be a mess, you know, but I still wouldn't take that step towards going to India. And there's just one day where I was like, you know what, it's enough. Like, you know, I have to go. Like, you know, yes, my work is important. My life is important, but I signed up to be a doctor for something else. So I made it, you know, I talked to my family. I made a decision. I went to, uh, to India. Um, it was challenging. What was your question, man? I'm so tired. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. No, no. Um, what, what, what I was... Oh, yeah. No, no. Idea yeah. of the uh, protest. Yes. Yeah. So before I went, though, I, before I went, <laughs> I'm sorry. I had a long okay. day. <laughs> I know, I know. We, we are different timelines. So just, uh, it's okay. It's cool. So, so, so before I went to the protest, I made sure to do my homework. And the reason was a lot of stuff, a lot of protests, something sometimes are politically driven. And I didn't want to be played into that. Like, I don't want to be a, played into somebody's hands, you know. And this happens to, in India all the time. So I kind of looked at the three laws and I talked to some people. Like, I basically talked to some very high up people who basically knew what they were talking about. I had no idea. I'm not a farmer, right? I'm a, I'm a doctor, right? I, I, I'm not sure. So I went through those three laws and when they told me, yes, it was theirs, you know, whatever the Indian farmers were doing, it was legitimate and it was needed and it was the call of the hour and they should do what they were doing. And then I kind of was like, you know what? So these people are actually fighting for their livelihood and their fight is right. And I'm a doctor and I have to go. So I think I studied the three laws before I went down. I knew uh, COVID, three laws were passed that could <clears throat> basically hurt the livelihood of a lot of people, uh, add corruption to the already corrupted system in India, uh, and would affect Punjab the most out of maybe all the states. Because we, we were, Punjab, Haryana, we are kind of uh, limited on agriculture for, for our earnings. Uh, so realizing that my, that my people, I mean, I consider everybody my people, but wherever I came from, uh, were in trouble and that they're, you know, the odds were that they were, you know, that they could be, you know, really, really, they could be, you know, I don't know what you say, Lati charge in, uh, in English, but uh, basically, uh, you know, people could, could be beaten and they could be, you know, uh, you could shoot up. I mean, you know, the first thing that came into your mind anytime this happens was 1984 Punjab, you know, that a lot of people now hold protests and, and hold pictures and do everything. And, and we all look back and say, what could we have done better? So I didn't want to be in that situation where what could I have done better at that time? You know, the, the, the biggest thing you can do is go to the place, go to the place and help with your own hands. So I think I didn't want to be in a situation where I regret for the rest of my life. So I went down. What did, what did day one look like? Oh, man, it was a little bit of rain. Uh, it was just so gloomy. Uh, I had no idea. Like I, I, so there were two borders, right? Singu border and Tikri border. Uh, people from my part of the Punjab were at Singu border, but I was called for help at Tikri border. That was where like the most the Malwa region of the Punjab was. I have never been to those that kind of place, the that side of the Punjab much. Interacting with those people was going to be different. I had no idea who anybody was at that place. I had no idea about farm unions. I didn't, I never worked with farm unions. I didn't know any of the leaders like, you know, from Tikki Border, who are they going to be? So imagine you are a doctor, you want to help, and you go into like a location where you have hundreds of thousands of people and you don't have 
a chair, you don't have a table, you don't know where you're going to sleep at night, you don't know what you're going to eat, you don't know how, you don't have a car, you don't have a license, you don't, you know, so, like, I basically got there, I'm like, hey, I'm from America, <laughs> I'm a doctor, <laughs> and I want to help out, and, you know, what I was expecting was, yeah, man, doctor, America, like, come on, like, you know, let's go, let's take you to that VIP room, and, you know, we'll, we'll get you a, a nice table, a nice room, mm-hmm. and you can set up a clinic, and, you know, that's what I, what I like when I got there, people were like, okay, you know, well, you know what, go ahead. Like, just do your thing. Like, you know, what? like everybody was busy. Like nobody really cared. Like, you know, they, everybody had their own issues and somebody was trying to gather their water. Somebody was trying to set up their own stage or, you know, everybody was busy. Hmm. So what I ended up doing, and then basically we basically walked around and we wanted to search for a good location where we set up for medical. Uh, and then basically I, you know, once I set up, I bought some medication. I had some medications that I brought from America as well. So we basically, I basically set up my table and I started making calls and like asking for help. Like, hey, people come, you know, and then I started seeing patients. And then basically by the end of the day, I had volunteers that, would, that, that, that had started to come in. And it was such a great thing that basically I met from my third or fourth day, a kid who basically stayed on with me for 12 months. So imagine that, like I basically, you know, you can say I picked up a partner yeah. and then I had, you know, literally every day, every other day, I would pick up new, new, new folks. Some would leave and some would stay on. And literally there were some who basically stayed on me, you know, with me for the rest of the journey. Uh, so it was, it was amazing. Like how you just go alone and you basically make a family and then people just like something that you had to offer. And I like what they had to offer. And we started connecting and we basically would, I remember day one, we slept in a tent uh, outside. Didn't I, I think I didn't shower for like three, you know, three days uh, when I got there. I didn't bath for three days. And like, I had no idea. Like, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know where the end was. I just knew that the government couldn't, you know, go on with this forever. Like, I knew that the end would have to be like in seven days or 10 days. Like, how can you put your people through this, right? Uh, but obviously, they weren't listening and, you know, Slowly, slowly, we went from tents into how, like, you know, we built homes. And so, we get, you know, uh, our family became bigger and things got easier as, as we progressed along. But it was definitely hard. Initially, it was hard. And then it started to develop its own kind of ecosystem at the time. Didn't you, you'd start to see, so, you know, from, from a social media point of view, you'd, you're seeing struggles as well. And then you're seeing everybody trying to rally around. You could get that. You did get that feel of 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 uh, of unity for 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 an issue. Looking looking back now, slightly, um, what do you think that the biggest lessons were were learnt? So one thing that you know, my social media, why it took off, or why I actually spent some time. Like I would be so tired at night, but I would still post a video on social media. And uh, only if you know the Indian system, then you would know what I'm talking about. So I'm a very I'm a guy who doesn't, who doesn't like, basically, I don't control my tongue. I say whatever my heart feels like saying. And sometimes it gets you in trouble. And I feel like I don't, I try to live without fear. But I mean, what for whatever reality that is, you know, I try to say, if I'm going to, if I see something wrong, I'm going to speak. I don't care what, what are you going to do to me? That's on you. But it's my right to make sure that if I see wrong, I have to speak up. So what I knew that if I was to speak up, that I could be basically captured taken somewhere, killed, whatever it was. Uh, and nobody in the world would care. And nobody would know 
Yeah, but like some people in my family would know. But you know how you like people can literally do anything. I mean, in India, people can do anything, right? So I knew one way that I could escape that was to make sure that at least some people somewhere around the world knew who I was and what I was doing. And if I was to go missing, they would come after me. So that's how my social media post started, like to make sure that people knew that there's a doctor here from outside of Delhi and outside of Punjab. And if he was to go missing tomorrow to make sure come come after me. So I used social media that way, um, learned a, le- a lot of lessons. Uh, I- I lost my thought. What was your question? Main oh, question. Yeah. So, what what do you feel? There's some of the lessons that that were learned. Yeah. Lesson. Lesson was uh, follow your heart. I would definitely say to people, and I would say that yes, I I I lost a lot of money from my pocket. Uh, I've definitely gone back in my career. I mean, I lost my interventional fellowship. I left my cardiology fellowship. You know, which was something I worked so hard for in my life. Uh, but the love I, I gained, uh, I think what, what you have to say is when you go, when I went there, right, I didn't, there's no interest. Like I, you just go there because you're going for help. And when you're in life, I think when you do something without any like expectations, you always get something back and something that, that something is far greater than what you wanted to get back. Like, you know, if I was to go, like if you were to go to like a protest and you say, you know what, I'm going to go there, I'm going to help out 10 people. And then I expect 20 people to salute me after that. No, you go to a protest and you say, you know what, if somebody gets hurt, I'm going to help out. And then I'm just going to come home and I'm going to, I'm going to sleep and I'm going to have a, you know, whatever, a hot dog or something. So I think that was my expectations. Like go there, you know, go, no expectations at all that I'm going to go there. No one's going to care. I'm going to help out and build or whatever. And then I'm going to get the hell out. So I think the one lesson is in life, take, you know, take challenges head on. You know, if you see something wrong, speak up. And don't be, don't be scared to leave your, you know, nine to five. Uh, really in life, I think if the cause is worth it, be ready to leave your nine to five. I mean, it's too early for me to say because I still have to go back to my nine to five. I don't know how that's going to be. I mean, I don't know what, you know, it's too early. I think yeah. this is a question you want to, you might want to ask me five years down the road. Like, do I regret doing what I did? Because right now I don't. Like, I, I feel this was probably the lesson of my life uh, and the family and the friends that I picked up are, are you know, so great. And it's, it's, it's a life, it's a life, life changing experience. Uh, I can never go back into a situation like this again. And I would just tell people, like, look for something like this. It is amazing. It's amazing how uh, how much people cared for me and how much people loved me. I would say, you know, always look out for a situation like this where you can help out. But I guess, you know, we'll see in, in 10 years down the road or 20 years down the road how this event plays out into my life. You've obviously made a a decision in terms of going into more into a political point of view, Um, but I've I've seen some of your stuff that you've put out and, you know, from a healthcare point, you were talking about debt management, you're talking about the medical system, you're talking about the general healthcare and drugs. How do you then um, put, uh, look at it from a doctor's point of view of those are the tasks that need to be done. And then you've got these political kind of, um, aspirations as well at the same time. So 
I actually don't uh, have uh, what what I would say. So when we came there, right? When we came to Delhi, the again no expectations, right? It was different. It was like you, you just go help. And then what happened in twelve months? You spoke, you know. I spoke on the stage, and people started listening, and I started, you know, getting an audience of different type of people who really needed my help. And it was more than medicine that they needed their, you know, help in. Basically, there was a system that's broken and corrupt and, you know, a generation that's being wiped out by drugs, a prior generation that was wiped out, wiped out through, you know, whatever uh, events that happened in Punjab. So it's definitely a challenging situation. Yes, you got the three laws revoked, but what does it mean in the long term of scheme? The same government that built, you know, that made the three laws is still in power. So, you know, what happened was right when this protest was about to be over, or when, you know, basically uh, Prime Minister Modi announced that the protest is going to be over, life changed. Like, it was like a switch that went off. Like, what the, like, what happened? People were in shock. Like, did it really happen? Uh, we were all caught off guard. Like, you know, we, like, again, we were imagining this to go on until 2024 by then. And then what happened is I bought a ticket back to America for December 15th, I believe. December 15th. A lot of people, you know, the word got around that doctor was leaving on December 15th. And what you saw happening was people started coming to me like, you know, like, don't go. Don't go back. Uh, maybe emotional, whatever it was at that time, you know, my head spinned and was like, you know what? It, I should stay at least for a little bit, at least help out. And by the time, you know, the, the Morcha or the protester, the main heads came up with an idea that they were going to go and build a party in Punjab. And they basically... You know, gave me their look and how they need, I, you know, they needed my help and I should help out. And I said, you know, I made it clear that, you know what, I'm not going to enter into active politics, meaning I'm not going to run for office with you guys, but I will do my best in helping you because your agenda meets, meets my agenda. And my agenda is basically was like this. Uh, in my life, I had goals. My goal was I'm going to work from my you know, my whatever age now, till retirement, make a lot of money. Uh, while I was making a lot of money, give back a little bit, you know, uh, to medical, whether in India, Africa, wherever basically my help was needed through my NGO. But when I do retire, I was going to build uh, a hospital, a free hospital with hopefully a medical school, a university, a, a school in Punjab for the needy. So that was my post retirement plans uh, that I was like, you know, I was going to save money for, for, you know, from that time on till basically whatever my retirement age was. And now what happened was that kind of turned the other way. So what, when I heard the unions running for office, I said, you know, what if actually good people were to come to power, actually the system in Punjab could be changed mm. and I could work with these, politicians do my you know work and do my whatever I was doing but at the same time kind of work together and that one hospital I was trying to build I could build hospitals literally every 20-30 miles all over Punjab build schools all over Punjab because I went to you know schools in America and I did okay and I can take that way of learning and maybe look at the way and I knew how Punjab schools work and kind of combine the two and same way work with the hospitals 
And we'll say we work with the environment issues and maybe could actually dream of a land of a Punjab where people don't have to leave anymore. That, you know, how I left Punjab when I was 10, that maybe we can actually build that land. You know, how we run off to Canada or run off to America, run off to UK. But why? Why are we forced to leave our home? Why don't people from UK come to Punjab? Why don't people from America come to Punjab? Why are we forced to evacuate other countries? So I, you know, I guess, I don't know. Again, we'll see in 10 years, 20 years, what my decision was, or was it wrong or right? But then I said, let's take a chance. You know what? So what? Let's take another chance. We already, I already blew up one year of my life. Let's blow up another, you know, two, three months. So, you know, for God's sake, whatever it's going to be. So I talked to, again, I talked to my family and talked to my wife. I was like this, you know what, let's do this. Because this could, the other, you know, what we did, at, what we achieved at the protest, this could actually, you know, put, every, you know, everything, you know how you say cherry on top and laminate the wind. Because you can actually put into a system that can change the system and make sure that, you know, no one has the power to build, you know, make those three laws again. So that was a dream that we would come back to Punjab and we would, you know, some, you know, we would form a nice government, a good government, because all the three political parties are corrupted and they had their, you know, you know, they, 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 they have their loopholes and they have their own issues. Uh, so I thought, you know, what I wanted to achieve post-retirement, I could achieve very easily early, but in life, there's no shortcuts. We'll find out. Uh, uh, so I think, you know, we'll see how it works out. Uh, but my life is set. My life is very good. Uh, I'm a doctor. I can earn a lot of money. Some things you have to do in life, uh, not for yourself, but also keep everything and everybody in the, in the same way. You know, my, my, my parents even warned me, like, you know what? People love you around the world. Punjab loves you. And, you know, why are you doing this? You know, come back to think. But I'm like, you know what? If people love me, people love me because I speak up. People love me because I took the chance. And people love me because I'm willing to go the extra mile for them. And if somebody's gonna hate me, because you know you you never had this. People in Punjab never had this. No one ever came back from America to a protest for a year. No one from a protest went into a political scheme and tried to say we're gonna change the government and I'm not gonna run for office, but I'm gonna have these people run for office and then I'm gonna go do this, this, and then they're gonna help me do this. So that idea, I think not just in Punjab, but to a lot of people is like a foreign idea. Could this happen? So I think that acceptance, I'm not sure how much of that idea is accepted, uh, but I don't care. You can't care because when deep inside you know that what you're trying to achieve could actually make a big difference, more than what you did in Delhi. Uh, so I'm willing to take that chance and that's why I'm here and that's why I'm spending my time trying to see if we can actually make a real change in Punjab. I think worldwide people have a very similar position uh, or opinion on politicians how do you keep your philosophy away from being contaminated like that or or you or are you already getting some of that contamination coming in there um and then the the last bit is because you said about kind of let's say the western uh, um, viewpoint how are you going to make it make it sure that it's very inclusive as well because you're you're working with so many different communities, so many faiths and uh, and religions. How how are you get? How do you uh, intend to kind of unify everybody in, in that way? So I think uh, you unify people if you're unified inside. Like if you actually hold mankind far greater than you know any divisions, then I think you were able to kind of 
kind of speak up like that. Like you can't speak something if you don't really believe it. Maybe you can, I don't know. For how long, I'm not sure. Uh, but, you know, I think uh, the way I was taught, the way my dad or my, even my religion basically teaches me is to treat people equally. Like, you know, you're no better than anybody else. So no, you know. So I think, you know, I try to do my best and I, you love I think, you know what, I had a, there was a great quote I read once. I think it said something about if you, uh, to be a revolutionary, you have to love, I think, a life or something. Basically means it, uh, to, to actually make a change, you have, to be, you have to be able to sacrifice everything that you have and you have to love the people that you're doing it for. That's the only way you can sacrifice in life. If you love the cause far greater than yourself. I don't know if, you, if I made sense, but yeah. love the cause far greater than yourself. That is the only way, you know, you can actually make a change. Uh, so politics is bad. Politics is surely bad because the way you've kind of sensed it, because I guess your, your background and the way people are around you, they say politics is bad. So you say, oh, politics is bad. But is it really bad? Or is it the people that made it bad? What if you can come in and actually, you know, go like this? So, and that's why I think I didn't act, enter into active politics. Uh, and I... I'm sitting in as a pressure group. You know, I, I consider myself in the background as a pressure group that, hey, I will support you as long as you're like this. But as long as, as soon as you deviate, yes, I'm not going to leave you. It's not like I'm going to, you know, if you make a mistake and I'm going to say, hey, look, listen, this guy made a mistake. No, I will be there. I will call you out. Not, not because I want to call you out and make you look bad, but call you out because I, I, I supported you because I felt you were gonna actually make a change. And if you deviate, I'm gonna call you out before it's too late, before you actually form the government or you actually come into power and you actually make a mistake. So what happened was we made, we formed a party, right? We formed SSM or you know unions formed SSM. And the issue became, there were a lot of issues. Uh, I'm not sure how much your viewers understand these issues. I don't know how in depth I, would, I should go into these issues, but the issues were, uh, alliances and, and these things and some people wanted alliance some people didn't want alliance that wasted a lot of time and every day you're losing time you already had only you know a month and a half or two months left before the election you have no money your party is new you have no money you, you, you know I made, a, I made sure to tell them like hey no one can ask for money because one thing that people in India sometimes do or people around the world do is they abuse people and one way to abuse people is take somebody's money without actually offering anything at all. So I said, until we have an agenda, until you give us 117 good people, until we know for sure that you actually mean well, no money, don't give us any money. So imagine a party, no money, against time, uh, so many people who all are considered presidents of their union, so leaders coming together and saying, I'm gonna, we're gonna pick one leader and everybody else is gonna be a follower from now on. Like it was, it's, it's amazingly hard, trust me. It was hard enough to stay together in Delhi. And now you're doing this in Punjab. So it's hard. It's, ex it's exhausting. And when you see, when you know that this is your goal and somebody else's goal is here and somebody else's goal is here and somebody's goal is here and you're trying to connect everybody to come to a common goal. You know, even brothers, two brothers don't have a common goal. And they fight over clothes. And like we have so much, you, I don't know if you have a brother, but if you're a brother and sister, you fight over little things. Imagine you no blood connection and your goal is like i'm not gonna do anything for myself i'm, I'm not gonna put any pocket i'm gonna end corruption and drugs i'm gonna work for just punjab like selfless politics 
which is probably not easy. So try to imagine that you're building a party that says selfless part politics. So obviously it was hard. Uh, and obviously because we're, we were going against time, bad um, or you know some mistakes were made in the way probably tickets were given, but you know we're still working it through, right? We're still trying to work with each other. And you know I've talked to the unions and say, hey, listen, you know we're not perfect. We're gonna make mistakes. Let's support the good candidates, take away the bad candidates because there's still some great candidates that have been put out that Punjab should be really proud of. For the first time, we have young females or young women fighting in election. For the first time, you have like a 25-year-old doctor fighting an election, you know, who's, who gave up his American visa to be with me at the border. You have like these, you know, these, these, uh, you know, these elderly uh, people who gave up, you know, their 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 life, like like you know, literally blood, sweat, and tears at the borders who are fighting election. So we have a great mix of people. So I said, you know what? So what if so if a few mistakes are made? We're fighting for a common cause, and something really good come out can come out of this. Uh, so we're gonna, you know, we're gonna keep going, and we're gonna keep going, and we're gonna try to support the good candidates. Again, I one thing in India, I don't know how much it is in in, in where you're coming from, but in India, there's this concept that we we vote for the party, we don't vote for the candidate. Like, who cares the candidate is corrupt and bad and and you know whatever. But if the party kind of matches our ideology, then we're gonna vote for the party. Right. So that's that's what's going on in Punjab. And what I'm trying to tell them is don't vote for us. Don't vote for SSM. Vote for the candidate. If you like your local candidate, vote for him. If SSM has given you more better candidates than the other, uh, you know, other um, uh, other political Hi. parties, we'll, we'll come to power. And the bad candidates that we gave you, don't vote for them. That's a lesson for us. Like, hey, People want these good candidates, but if you elect the bad candidates, again, that's a bad thing for the for the thing. But for me, for me, it, it's a real challenge. Now, I'm what I'm gonna do is for the next twenty days of whatever's left in this election time, I'm gonna pick out those good candidates, whatever I consider good. You know, again, it's a it's a it's a it's your consideration against my consideration. Like somebody's good could be my bad or my bad could be. Bad. So I never say, hey, my good is everybody's good. My good is my good. If you think, if you agree with my thinking, then, you know, support my candidates. We're going to stay into the, in the thing. And we're going to say, Congress is bad. Akalis are doing horrible. Amalmi party has issues. So we're going to vote for the, you know, the SSM candidates. But we're only going to vote for the candidates who are actually kind of meet our expectations. You know, they're coming in, you know, they're not, they have no corrupt background. They actually have backgrounds where they have shown that they are willing to work from the job and they have ideas which actually can take Punjab forward. So only those candidates I will support. And I've openly said, I don't hold any positions in SSM. I'm not gonna, you know, I'm not running an election for SSM. So I don't care what they say. I support you, but I only support your candidates and only support you as long as you have, you know, you're going through, you know, you're fighting the right way for the right, with the right principles. Um, obviously you've, you, you've mentioned a little bit about your faith. How much do you, uh, I have to rely on your faith in terms of to build up that resilience for, you know, for the various things that you've got to give your attention to. You know, it's so odd. Uh, I don't know how faith works with me. It's very different. Like everybody's faith is different. I just know that there's this God, there's this almighty that's kind of looking over me. I just know that. Like, I just know that as long as I do right. And as I, as I, 
uh, do my best. I'm not going to say do right. As long as I do my best, and let's say I, I make a mistake. Let's say I yell at somebody today, or I curse at somebody today, or let's say you know make somebody feel really bad today. But as as long as I know by the end of the day, like hey, you really messed up today. You made a mistake, and I realize, and maybe I try to go back and correct that mistake. That God is going to be with me, and I think God has been with me for for a lot of part of my life. You know, from again medical school, like being an immigrant. Again, that part of my life where I came to America, struggled through a lot. I don't know how on God's earth I became a doctor, let alone, you know, a tutor and cardiologist and whatever else I'm going to achieve in my life. But I know I became that because I was always honest to myself. I never, you know, whatever I did in my life, I did with passion. Like, you know, I was honest to my parents. I was honest to my friends. I was honest to my family. I was honest to my work. You know, I was honest to my education. And I, now I'm honest to my politics. Like, if I'm part of this politics you know i don't care i don't have i don't want anything i don't want anything from me all i wanted to do was help my people and if you mess up and if you're not part of that plan i'm going to call you out i'm going to say hey you messed up and i'm going to say to my people hey listen guys i'm really sorry i tried uh stuff didn't work out the way i was i'm really sorry um but you know better luck next time i'm going to go and go uh practice my medicine so you know that i already have a plan like hey i'm just going to say <laughs> i apologize I messed up. I tried my best. Uh, it wasn't for me. Let me go back to my work and I'll keep doing my NGO stuff. I'll keep supporting and pumping money into Punjab. Uh, but this stuff wasn't, wasn't what I was built for. Uh, but I did it with my open heart. Like, I, hey, I, might, I mean, well, uh, you know, I know some of you might hate me, but you know what? Uh, deep inside, I felt Punjab needed me. I knew my mothers needed me. My sisters needed me. I knew the way they talked to me at the border. You only have to be in my situation, my shoes, to realize how much people love me and how much they expect out of me. When people expect so much out of you, you cannot put yourself first. And one example, the way one old man, you know, uh, talked to me at the borders when they were trying to kind of, you know, convince me to go and go into this with, with SSM and politics. Well, like, imagine this. You're sitting at a shore and Punjab is drowning. What would you do? Like you call yourself a smart savior, or what? Do you, I don't know what what the English is that for. Uh, um, what is the English for smart savior? You know, like uh, people who do um, like NGO, yeah, ah, service people, NGO people. Like so, say say, imagine you you call yourself you love you love humanity, and humanity is drowning over there, and you're gonna say what? I'm not. I'm not gonna go save that. I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a smart savior. I'm a, you know, I'm a whatever. So what they were telling me is Punjab's political situation is a mess. It needs help. Go and help out if you really love Punjab. So that's when you know I said, you know, I'm gonna go. So I'm trying. I'm gonna try my best. I'm gonna give it my all. And if it doesn't work out, listen, we're gonna keep trying and we're gonna keep building and we're gonna keep trying the other ways. Our end goal should be that we want to see Punjab one day where people don't have to leave their homes for another land. That is my ultimate goal. And everybody here has equal opportunity to healthcare and education. That is my ultimate goal. No corruption, no drugs. I want to see my people happy. And if it's, you know, if, if that's your goal, then you're basically, we have a similar goal. Doctor, um, just coming and then I'll bring this to a close in a second, but I give um, everyone an opportunity. Um, it's, it's called the, the bandwagon podcast. So, I allow everybody to kind of either jump on a bandwagon or jump off a bandwagon. Is there something, or just generally get something off their chest? Is there anything that you that you feel like you want to get get off your chest? 
No, I just want to thank you, man. I just want to thank all the NRIs, all, like, so so many people who just, uh, I know I did something, and I was part of the hundreds of thousands who did, but you somehow found love for me, and you found love for my family. You called my dad, and you called my mother, and you called my sister, you called my wife to thank them. And when I go to you and you, you know, you're older than me and you still try to touch my feet and you cry when you hug me and you, you know, you, you call me in my bad days and you realize uh, there's so much love. And I just, I think this much love I couldn't have gathered in all my life's work as a doctor. So I just want to say to all the community, especially the Punjabi community, the Indian community, our diaspora outside of you know, Punjab, I just want to thank you for being there. For one year, you were with me every day. I would post something. The only reason I posted because I knew you were watching. Um, and all I can say is, you know, I, I love you back. And I know, I think we have a similar dream. Uh, the paths might be different, but let's keep working. Let's keep working hard for a better Punjab. And I think uh, we, owe, we, owe, we, we owe it to our land. We are in a better place, but there are many people like us who are not, you know, who they all deserve food. They all deserve education. They, they, all, they all deserve healthcare. God has given us a lot. Let's keep loving each other. Let's keep supporting each other. Let's, you know, stick together and uh, do our best. And I think all we can do is do our best. Doctor, I'd like to thank you, uh, you know, for joining me. I know it's extremely late where you are. I really appreciate it. So thank you very much. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.